What's going on, boys and girls, and welcome into another edition of the Jim Bratton Podcast. And, you know, ever since football season got underway and I've been sort of wrapped up in everything that goes into talking about that, college and NFL, both, one of the things that has apparently been lost on me is the fact that, yes, there there are, in fact, other sports that need to be talked about and addressed. And while it's obviously the NBA offseason right now, at least for another couple of weeks or so, I believe the regular season tips off at the toward the end of this month actually since we are we are now into October at this point as hard as it as hard as it is to believe there are plenty of other things that have been going on that really show you at the end of the day that there really is no such thing as a quote unquote off season and what what do i mean by that well what i mean by that is exactly what i'm going to be spending today's show talking about which are the two really big blockbuster moves that have been made recently one of them of course happened last week and did not i did not get a chance to address it last week because, you know, football, plenty of other stuff going on with football as well that caused me to not be able to address this trade last week. And some, so many sports, so little time, I suppose. But anyway, there was big trade that happened last week between the, it was actually a three-team deal between the Milwaukee Bucks, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Phoenix Suns that I will get into right off the bat. And the second thing I'm going to be talking about is the big trade that, the other big trade that stemmed from that first trade, which of course involved the Portland Trailblazers, the yes, the Portland Trailblazers and the Boston Celtics. So I'm going to get into that after I discuss the big trade that went down last week, and the end of the show. I'm going to be just talking about where we go from here and what all of this means as we move forward into the 2023 NBA season. And so without further ado, let's get right to it, shall we? The big trade that went down, and this is something that we've heard 
in the NBA for for mo- months and months now. Ever since, ever since Damian Lillard requ- finally requested his trade, fr- requested to be traded from the Portland Trailblazers. Finally. You know, we've we've dealt with we've been dealing this is something that we've been dealing with for quite a few years now about how the Blazers have not really been contenders, so to speak, in the Western Conference, even with Damian Lillard. And eventually it all got to the point where Dame, I guess, finally said he had had enough, and he is. We're talking about a guy who has been as loyal as you can possibly be to a fan base in Portland and an organization in the Portland Trailblazers. He's been as loyal as he can be in that regard, and as hard as hard as it was for him to sort of come to grips with and make this decision, I think. And I remember talking about this on the show a few months ago, maybe. And one of the things that I'd said was to that it would be it would be in the Blazers' interest to try to find a way to make it work with Dame. They, of course, did draft Scoot Henderson, who was basically Dame's long-term replacement with the Blazers. But if you cannot make it work with Dame, if you cannot sit down in a room with him and tell him that, we look, man, we're doing everything we can to build around you, we still want you to be here, blah, 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 blah. If you cannot find a way to make it work and come to some sort of an agreement, then at the, I also said, at the end of the day, you've got to do what is in the best interest for your franchise. And so that's obviously the route that the Portland Trailblazers decided to go. And one of the things that's very funny and interesting to me is that we've another one of the things that we've been hearing about for months is that Damian Lillard only wanted to go to the Miami Heat. There was one team and one team only that Damian Lillard wanted to play for. And that was, of course, the Miami Heat. And they are, they being the Miami Heat, are by far the biggest losers in this entire situation. I'll get to why I say that a little bit more here in greater detail 
in just a few minutes. But bottom line is Damian Lillard was, of course, not traded to the Miami Heat. He was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. And let me run down the exact details of that trade while I've got it in front of me right here. Uh, Milwaukee picks up Damian Lillard. And again, this is a three-team trade, as I mentioned before, involving Milwaukee, Portland, and Phoenix. So Milwaukee gets Dame Time, or Dame Dalla, or whatever nickname you want to use to describe Damian Lillard. The Portland Trailblazers pick up Drew Holiday, very important name to remember. You will want to remember that name because Drew Holiday gets into the second thing that I'm going to be talking about today. Sort of, it's sort of like one of those domino effect type things, if you will. But Portland gets Portland gets Drew Holiday, quote unquote. They also pick up DeAndre Ayton, former number one overall pick by the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Tamani, I, I believe I'm pronouncing this name correctly. Tam, Tamani Kamara. And they, they also pick up a 2029 unprotected first round draft pick. And pick swap rights in both 2028 and 2030. Quick sidebar about NBA trades for just a second. I cannot believe, and this is how crazy the business of the NBA is, we're, we're trading draft picks that will not be used for three or four years down the road. It's crazy. I mean, can you can you imagine if a trade like this were, were to take place in the NFL or Major League Baseball? Not that. And I guess I shouldn't say that in a lot in a to a large extent about MLB trades because a lot of a lot of trades in Major League Baseball actually involve actual prospects that have already been drafted, not so much unused draft picks, but can you, so I guess MLB aside for a second, can you imagine how crazy it would be in the NFL? Let's, let's just say the, let me just throw this out for an example. Let's just say the hypothetically, of course, Let's just say the Tennessee Titans were were to trade and I want to I want to make this clear especially after what he did yesterday. I want to make this clear. I'm in no way calling for this to happen. But let's just say hypothetically the Tennessee Titans were to trade Derrick Henry for in exchange for 
a 2031 fifth round draft pick, just as an example. Can you imagine you imagine how crazy that would be that we're making trades for draft picks multiple years down the road anyway. I I digress. Although I will point out just to just to just as a preview for uh Titans Tuesday tomorrow, big day for the King. And I will have, believe me, I will have much, much more to say about that tomorrow on Titans Tuesday. But Portland picks up quite again, air quotes. Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tamani Kamara, a 2029 unprotected first round pick and pick swaps in 2028 and 2030. The Phoenix Suns pick up uh, Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. Very, very important name to point out for Tennessee Vols fans, who, of course, may be, may be pretty familiar with the name Keon Johnson. Uh, what, what does all of this mean, you may ask? Well, the Milwaukee Bucks are... Uh, Obviously, pretty big winners in this case because they just picked up Damian Lillard. And, of course, as we all know, another big reason, probably maybe even the biggest reason why the Bucks felt the need to go all, to go all in on getting Damian Lillard is because they're trying to find a way to hold on to Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak who I believe is set to be a free agent at the end of this upcoming season. And, of course... Milwaukee, Frank, and to be frank, Milwaukee is, shall we say, not necessarily the biggest market in terms of generating interest as far as potential free agents are concerned. And of course, I'm sure Giannis has already been mentioned as potentially going to the Knicks or the Lakers or insert big market team name here, if you will. And while Giannis has already won the one championship with the Bucks, that came just a few seasons ago, uh, Milwaukee obviously feels the need to go all in on getting Giannis a quote-unquote running mate to try to keep him with the Bucks for the long term. Because winning, of course, as we know, 
is a very, very big draw to people. So the Bucks have essentially gone all in on winning another NBA championship here. Uh, what, what are they getting in Dame Lillard, you may ask? Well, obviously, they get a perennial all-star, one of the, one of the biggest stars in the NBA, who is still very productive, even looking at his numbers from last year. He, at where, when he averaged about 32 points per game, about seven assists per game, and shot 46.3% from the field. Very, very, very impressive numbers. And just to back up, all of those impressive numbers. He did this even without a bona fide running mate in Portland last year. Really shows really shows the greatness of Damian Lillard to a very large degree. Because, you know, for years he had CJ McCollum, but with C.J. McCollum, now in New Orleans, I believe, the even more weight was put on Dame Lillard to produce. And to his credit, he did just that with his average of thir- about 32 points a game, seven assists, and shooting about 46% from the field, as I just mentioned. So... Very productive player. Very, very productive player. Former top 10 NBA draft pick was Damian Lillard. People, people, for, I know this, that was, seems like ancient history at this point, but I think that's just one of those things that people seem to forget, really really shows what playing in Portland can do to somebody's resume, doesn't it? Uh, uh, kind of does to me. Anyway, who are some of the other big winners of this trade? Well, I think the Phoenix Suns also benefit from this trade as well, because remember, the Phoenix Suns gave up quite a bit of capital in a trade that they made last year to go get Kevin Durant and sort of go all in on their quest for a title. Uh, they They also picked up Bradley Beal as well and were sort of hoping that the three-headed monster, if you will, of Bradley Beal, KD, and Devin Booker would help propel them to a championship. That obviously did not work out, primarily because of the 
of all of the assets that they had to give up when making those trades. They obviously lost quite a bit of depth when they did that, when they made those moves. They have now added back that much-needed depth. When you talk about guys like Yusuf Nurkic and Grayson Allen, who met, who has been described as a bit of a quote-unquote dirty player. Even I remember people talking about this with Grayson Allen as far as him being a dirty player is concerned even while Grayson Allen was at Duke. And even with that being said, he's still a very productive player when he's on the court. And they pick up Nasir Little and Keon Johnson as well. So Phoenix has at least tried to reassemble some of that depth that they lost last year when they made the Kevin Durant trade and when they made the Bradley Beal trade. And so Phoenix is obviously hoping to make people remember that, that hey, we are still here in the Western Conference as well. We can potentially be on the same level with the Denver Nuggets, with the Los Angeles Lakers, with the top contenders in the West. And as far as Portland goes, look, Portland, again, as hard as it was for them to move on from Dame in a lot of ways, sentimental and otherwise, They've obviously got their younger nucleus that they are trying to build around moving forward with, obviously, Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons, just to share a couple of names that they will try to build around as they move forward into the future, but... They also picked up DeAndre Ayton, who could be a very valuable piece for them. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton sort of rubbed rubbed the organization the wrong way in Phoenix. And end of the day, the Suns decided that they wanted to move forward in a different direction. And so... You know, maybe this is one of those situations where a change of scenery can be very beneficial to someone like a DeAndre Ayton, who, remember, we're talking about a former first-round draft pick, still former former first overall draft pick in DeAndre Ayton. And there's obviously a lot of talent, with DeAndre Ayton, of course, remember him when he was a star at the University of Arizona. 
And certainly the Portland Trailblazers are hoping that that talent begins to resurface as he enters into the fold, if you will, with the Portland Trailblazers. And before I move on to this next trade that I'm going to be talking about, staying with the Portland Trailblazers, one other thing that I've got to point out is that the by far the, the biggest loser in this situation is the Miami Heat because look Miami you you are the one team that has been talking that has been talked about for months and months now as the only team that Damian Lillard wanted to play for you are the only team that he wanted to go to you you are the defending champions of the eastern conference and you cannot find a way and obviously that they, they whether they will admit this publicly or not they were obviously heavily involved to a large degree and maybe at the end of the day they did not want to give up as many assets as you would want to give up to make this type of move. So just to be fair, I have to go ahead and point that out. But bottom line is you are on the cusp of a championship prior to running into the Denver Nuggets buzzsaw with Jamal Murray and Nik- Nikola Jokic. You were just on the precipice of winning a championship. And you you cannot get the job done. In either case, either talking about winning the championship or making a move to get Dame Lillard, which will obviously put you in a much better, quote-unquote, position to win a championship. You cannot get the job done in either case. Wow. Wow, Miami. Wow. They... The Miami Heat, and that is why I say the Miami Heat are by far the biggest losers in this situation. Anyway, moving on to the second trade. And even before I do that, the question became, after the Bucks had acquired Dame, the question became, who is the team to beat in the Eastern Conference? Obviously, you would assume it would be the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Wrong. Because the Boston Celtics decided to tell everybody to hold their drink in a lot of ways and decided to, and remember, 
Remember, I told you a few minutes ago to have that name Drew Holiday circled in the back of your head. This, this is why the Boston Celtics decided to then acquire Drew Holiday from the Portland Trailblazers. And let me get to the details of that particular trade very quickly. Uh, Boston picks up Drew Holiday in exchange for Robert Williams III, Malcolm Brogdon, former, I believe he's a former sixth man of the year award winner in the NBA. I could be wrong, and if I am wrong, for anybody who's listening in the comments, please feel free to let me know and correct me. But I believe he's a former sixth man of the year award winner in Malcolm Brogdon. So Portland gets those two guys. They also get a first round draft pick next year, 2024, and a first round draft pick in 2029. And again, it's just un- crazy for me, for me to believe that we're trading for draft picks five, six, seven years down the road. Anyway, what are my takeaways on this trade? Well, the, the, the major takeaway is that the Boston Celtics now have a completely stacked backcourt when you're talking about pairing Drew Holiday with who you already have in Jalen Brown, who just signed a very large extension, and also Jason Tatum, who was going to be signing a very large contract in the not-too-distant future, whether it be with the Celtics or somebody else. So, sort of a three-headed monster in the backcourt with Holiday, Tatum, and Brown, if you will. The downside of that is, obviously, you've lost quite a bit of depth, not just in the backcourt with moving on from Malcolm Brogdon. They also moved on from market from Marcus Smite, as they call him in Boston, I'm sure, with the, the, the Boston accent. They lose Marcus Smite, who is now a member of the Memphis Grizzlies. And obviously, losing Robert Williams III is a big hit as well because he provided much of the size and rebounding ability in Boston's front court. But, and, but also, to be fair, the Celtics did pick up Kristaps uh, Porzingis in a trade with Washington earlier this offseason, and so hopefully 
they're not losing as much as they would like to lose. So the Celtics apparently seem to be going all in now with the backcourt of Holiday, Brown, and Tatum. And obviously, Kristaps Porzingis will be the big man in the middle. Uh, we will just have to wait and see how that plays out. But what are my other takeaways from this? Uh, it, it became painfully obvious and should have become painfully obvious that Drew Holiday was going to be on the trading block even after even after Portland made this move because we heard numerous reports about teams chomping at the bit to go out and get Drew Holiday from the Blazers. It just came down to who the highest bidder, quote-unquote, would be. And obviously that turned out to be Boston, but... Uh, I do think that the Celtics are going to miss Robert Williams. Talking about talking about the downsides here, if you will. Uh, obviously, I think they're going to miss Robert Williams to a large extent because we're talking about obviously your big rim protector and somebody who you could count on to crash the boards on any given night when healthy. That's that's another big deal as well, something that Robert Williams has had trouble of doing in the past is staying healthy, but when he's on the court and able to produce, he's a, he was obviously very big threat. And at the end of the day, it really all comes down to, it really all does all come down to what I've been talking about this whole time with the new backcourt of Holiday, Tatum, and Brown and how they can gel with Kristaps. And I think it puts a lot of, a lot more pressure on head coach Joe Mazzulla in a lot of ways, to sort of scheme all of these guys into better positions to make plays and ultimately get over the top, get over the top in the Eastern Conference, if you will. But the Celtics, have, much like with what the Bucks did, look the arms race. I've seen this repeated time and time again over the course of the last few days since, or I guess day, day and a half, whatever, however long it's been since this trade went down. The arms race is completely on now in the Eastern Conference between the Milwaukee Bucks 
and the Boston Celtics. Because Milwaukee has clearly gone all in with Dame and Giannis, and the Celtics have obviously revamped their team as well in an attempt to try to keep up with what the Bucks are doing. Or maybe the, maybe the Bucks have picked up Dame to try to keep up with what the Boston Celtics are doing. And the reason why that seems a little bit confusing is because at the end of the day, we really, we really don't know how the arms race in the East is going to shake out. That's probably a conversation that's best left for another time. But it's go- the one thing that I do know right now is it's going to be it's going to be very very fun to watch. So, before I get out of here very quickly, uh, the two of the major questions that I have coming out of this entire trade situation involving both of these trades is who is the top team going to be in the East? Obviously, right now, I would say either Milwaukee or Boston. Uh, I do I do not think that it is going to be Miami at this point. And again, all of the credit in the world has to be given their way because they are the defending Eastern Conference champions after all. But at the end of the day, you are in a position to make a move to get Damian Lillard. You you cannot get the job done. And for a team that has been rumored for who had been rumored for months and months at this point to be the only team that Damian Lillard wanted to play for. You you cannot get the job done. Just it's really unbelievable to me. It really is unbelievable. So I would put either Boston or Milwaukee as either 1A or 1B in the East, depending on which side you want to take. So that that's question number one. Question number two, and probably the most important question here, especially when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks, is... Was this move enough to keep Giannis in Milwaukee for the long term? Because at the again, at the end of this year, Giannis is going to be due a very, very large amount of money. And look, he's got his running mate now in Dame Lillard. They've obvi- they've also returned at least some quality pieces as well. And while losing Drew Holiday is going to be 
a big hit to what they can do and have done over the course of the last few years that they picked up Dame Lillard. And so, you're re- at the end of the day, are you really losing all that much? I don't think so, but anyway. In any event, the major question becomes for the Bucks is this going to be enough to propel them to an, to winning another NBA title, which is obviously the major goal of any franchise, but especially one that is in a market that is not going to be a draw to many big-time, really any big-time free agents and when you've got a superstar, former NBA MVP, like you do in Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're obviously going to want to do everything you can to put yourself in a position to keep Giannis Antetokounmpo. And so that is just another big question that will have to be answered over the course of the next several months. going to be very exciting NBA season coming up. So get your popcorn ready, ladies and gentlemen. But that is pretty much going to do it for me today, just to preview some of the other things that I have coming up on the show this week. I've got a jam-packed show coming up this week. It is going to be a very, very busy week for me as far as the Jim Bratton podcast is concerned. But of course, coming up tomorrow, I don't think I need to tell you all what tomorrow is. It's Titans Tuesday, and the offense finally showed up in more in more ways than one. I'll get to that tomorrow. Talking about the Titans' big win against the Cincinnati Bengals in week four. And coming up later this week, the Major League Baseball postseason is finally here. And of course, my Atlanta Braves. And of course and of course the Facebook Live audience is the only group that can see this, but you can tell how, how how proudly I'm doing the tomahawk chop right now, uh, my, because my Atlanta Braves are the number one seed in the National League, if you will, and I'm very much looking forward to watching all of these other wildcard teams have their fun. Look, guys, have have your fun this weekend. We will we will deal with we will, and to be fair, both the Braves and the Dodgers will be dealing with these poverty franchises to a large degree in the National League Division Series. But 
MLB postseason is here, and I'll be, of course, talking about the Braves, and I will be giving my World Series prediction a little bit later on this week, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, I've got to go ahead and hop on out of here. I want to thank you all so much for listening to this and watching this edition of the Jim Bratton Podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I will see you tomorrow.